0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Side. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as sideline. You'll hear more about the models in the course of this episode, set to cover the 10 best college basketball games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Buckle up, folks. This might be a long episode. There are so many good games to talk about here for your Tuesday. action. Here, Check out the webpage on the banner www.pixtheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules see the google sheet linked in the show description for sidelines projections on every single game remember this show covers picks on the best games for the best picks on all games sign up on patreon or black book sports there are different packages and price ranges based on your needs uh jake i already uh, i didn't bury the lead got a lot to talk about here it's yes. gonna be a great tuesday
1: this is a incredible day. It's like a Saturday, yep. but not as many games. So you're just loaded with just great games on a smaller slate. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like a mini Saturday for the night part, right? Nothing during the day, of course. But yes, there is a lot happening here. Uh, we might go a little bit longer today just because there's so much to talk about. But uh, not going to waste any time. Uh, but before we do get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following it's free, and if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month get you the play of the day each and every day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. The best place to get questions answered about these or other games or sports and for $5 more dollars a month, you get ad free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com/slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still told to have you here. Remember, sports are unpredictable. So the discussion of this show is predicting a typical game and not trying to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long term view around here. Don't distract with a team either can't hit or can't miss from three, as those things balance in the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, Please understand that good and bad variance will occur. So as much as I'd like to say, it will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Remember, we only use one book to lock picks, but you should use more. Always shop around for the best price. Sign up, link in the show description, add a couple more books to your arsenal. Let's get to it. But as always take what you like and leave the rest. Again, no day games, but a jam packed night starting off with a little bit of an earlier game here, 6 p.m. Eastern Rutgers at Indiana. Uh, Jake, I don't know about you, but I feel like this week is jam packed with spots. Right. Travel spots uh, coming off of big rival games. I I talked about on Saturday, all the rivalry games on Saturday, and that's going to play big into a lot of our discussion today. How are our teams going to handle coming off of that? Indiana, obviously a huge home win against Purdue, not just that it was the number one team in the country, but that's their big rival. We all know that still get a home game here, but you got a Rutgers team that can go on the road and do some damage. We're going to take the four points with Rutgers here. Model says Indiana by 3.6 and is in pretty spot on with both these teams on average. Um, I just think this could be a tight game. I mean, it, it's it's very similar to my breakdown of the Indiana-Purdue game in that if we get good Indiana, this is going to be a great game. Indiana's probably going to win, but they may not cover the four. If we get bad Indiana, which we've seen still recently, if we get coming off of a big win let down Indiana, Rutgers probably going to win this game. So we just have more ways to win this than lose it with Rutgers. I mean, to me, that's the bottom line. Grabbing the four points with Rutgers here is the smart play. Total is 134.5. Models is 132.3. Not a big enough edge to really love. Probably would go under. But as I mentioned with Indiana, they're randomly going to play games in the 60s and randomly in the 80s. So like, I don't know. I just think avoiding Indiana totals might make the most sense. Instead, we're just going to focus on Rutgers here.
1: Jake, tell us more. Like, this game is super important to both teams. Like, Rutgers, if they want any shot at winning, like taking Purdue out of being the top seed in the Big Ten tournament, they got to have this one. And then Indiana's got a very, very tough schedule going forward. They've got two road games in a row after this, and they really need this home win. I mean, if because if they don't win these home games, it could be rough for them come March Madness because that seed's going to get – a lot bigger than what they want. I say they're,
0: they're if they, I mean, that was a great win against Purdue, mm-hmm. but if things go south for them here, they're going to be trending towards a double digit seed, which is yeah. not what they want. Now they can still go up and get a three seed, right? I feel like yeah. the variance on where they can land is like
1: it's way big. high, way low. Yeah, it's huge. So it's a great part of having a tough end of the schedule there is it can, it cuts blessings and
0: curses, right? <laughs> yep. uh, but I
1: mean, I think personally, I think Rutgers has got this. I think Rutgers is. I'm not bold enough to call the money line here, but I think it's a good spot for it. I remember Rutgers went on the road, beat Purdue at Purdue. Uh, Indiana was at home for that. Had an amazing first half and coasted off that first half. They played great. Purdue played terrible in the first half, missing throws, turning the ball over like crazy. That totally flipped in the second half, and Purdue runs it back. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with their freshman guards. Rutgers is old their experience. They've been here, done that. And they've had some good runs. Um, they've got a big guy that's very athletic. That can He's not going to hang exactly with Trace Jackson Davis, but he's at least going to be right there in the mix with him. Uh, I just I think his Rutgers team is very good. The turnovers are what they do on defense. They just force a ton of turnovers. That's not what Purdue does. Indiana had nine turnovers against Purdue, who was opposed to forcing turnovers. I think the number's going to balloon, and records really take advantage of that. And that's why I think Rutgers with the points here is like great play.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, if you want to split your wager, I think adding a little bit on the money line, whether it's a quarter of the wager or something like that, makes sense too. I think they got a great shot to win this one. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that if, if Indiana comes up, if if we get bad Indiana, let that Indiana whatever, I, Rutgers probably wins this one. Um, to me, the the last thing that I want to comment on this one is you talk about that regular season Big Ten championship, which for some players and schools doesn't mean a thing. There's a lot of your big schools that are constantly winning those things every few years, and it's just not a big deal. They don't really care about that. Rutgers, they absolutely care about that. A regular season Big Ten basketball championship would mean a lot to those guys. Now, how much it means to say Kansas? Probably not as much, right? But for Rutgers, it does. So when you talk about what, what it means like to some schools, I would you would say that, and I would say, yeah, I'm not sure if they care about the one seed, right? They're, they're focused on We always talk about Kentucky being the classic example of that, right? They're focused on trying to be as good as they can come March. They don't really care about some of the rest of that stuff. That's been historically true, right? But Rutgers really does care about that. So they've got a lot of motivation to try to get this victory. I think they got a shot at it here, so we're going to grab the four with Rutgers. Also in this early time slot, 6.30 Eastern, Marquette at UConn. We're gonna double up on this one. I, I mean, I just I, we just love both these picks. I, I I really was trying to focus in on which one do we like more. Give give you the viewer only one pick, but I mean I love them both. Like UConn is questionably broken at this point. When you go back through, they just have not looked good. Jake, you were tell us uh, tell me before show about. The breakdown of their non conference to conference, it's just, you can look at it from a stats standpoint. We can look at it with our own eyeballs. We see this team just does not, I mean, they look like the number one team in the country in non conference, and now they just look very decent. They're, they're still good but they're just not great. And Marquette looks phenomenal. Marquette's just been a buzzsaw. I think they got a shot to go on the road and win this game. Getting four and a half points seems like a gift with the way these two teams have been playing. Um, and and I love this over 150. The last time these two teams played, I think it got to about 155. And when you look at it, it's not like either team got hot from three Neither team really shot from three very well. It was just all pace. And you know, if we have anywhere near that type of pace here, I think we got a great shot to go over if teams accidentally hit threes. This feels like a game that might get into the one sixties, you know, maybe even flirting with like one seventy or something crazy if these teams get hot. I'm not sure they will, but it seems like we can get to one fifty. So just love this over one fifty. Love grabbing the points with Marquette. Jake, what do you think?
1: Yeah, look, both these teams have very, very efficient offenses done in completely different ways. Uh the defenses are just gonna be outmatched on either side. It's just not fair for the defenses, even though they're very good defenses. Uh Marquette has the advantage of the turnover department, but UConn is a much better rebounding team. So I'm not sure who's going to get the more second chances, I guess, extra extra possessions. But with both teams being great for the free throw line and UConn fouling a lot, I think that's going to be a big difference in the game is the amount of free throws that Marquette's going to get to shoot comparatively. Um, I, even on the road, like it may not be as big as what it should be, but uh, four and a half is great there because, free throws are going to be big the pace the turnovers I, I think it's all going to lean Marquette's way all that should also th- throw a lot more points on the board than normal like you said neither team really wants to shoot threes they don't they're not very good at them they'd rather get to, get inside Marquette wants to speed you up turn you over get easy layups go through all that you can almost play through their big guys they've got two seven footers that are very good around the bucket and they'll rebound put it back up we're going to count by twos for the most part all the way to probably 150, 155, any, anywhere in between there um, that's good for us. I think there's a decent chance this gets to 160, 170 with how, if these teams hit just a normal amount of threes. Uh, but I really like the money line on Marquette here. I think they're being undervalued. I'm not sure who, who saw what and with Connecticut for because this line has moved on moved up the whole way up. like since it opened, so I'm not sure who saw what, but I I don't see why it should have gone from three and a half to four and a half. Yeah, it
0: doesn't really make a lot of sense. I I mean, I'm very big on, we've got to take a long-term view of these teams. If you've looked good your last few games, like we got to take note of that, but also like we don't want to overreact. We don't want to underreact either though. And I mean, it's not been just a few games. It's been a lot here for Marquette and UConn that both these teams are just, it's not just going in the opposite direction. I mean, just right now, I just think Marquette's the better team. And it's not just like they are hot or they're – I just think like right now, the the way that teams have now scouted UConn and figured out how to defend them, which nobody had a clue how to handle them early on in the season, they're just – again a good team but not a great team marquette looks really good i'm like i think they got a really good chance to win this game if not they should hang around and that doesn't mean that they cover four and a half uh we had our one a plus play of the day here on sunday with fordham getting four and a half and they hung around they led for 75 percent of the game they were covering for 37 and a half minutes and at the end the fouls you know you just have the don't have the lead at the right time and the fouls get in the way no cover That, that could happen here too right but there's just a lot of ways we can cover such a big number like this with with marquette and i'm like like you, you talk about i think when you think back to that first game both teams did defensively exactly what they wanted to do they forced the other team to shoot a lot of threes and neither team hit the threes and we still got to 150 i'm like if you have a game that the defenses did exactly what they wanted to and we still got to 155 i'm like I, i'm not looking at it and we're gonna, there's some rematch here today we're going to talk about how the first game went when i look at that first game i'm not like oh well here's this aberration that's going to make it like less cool. i'm like i think we're just gonna have just, just many points in this one and like you said if Either team accidentally hits a few threes, gets hot from threes. Uh, either team. This game should get to the 160s, and like I said, floor with 170. It should be a lot of fun. Should have a lot of tempo and a lot of scoring. So we like two picks there, Marquette, plus four and a half, and the over 150. the 7 p.m. Eastern time slot. Dayton at VCU. This should be a fantastic contest here. I mean, the bottom line to me is that Dayton is the better team, but we're at VCU. It kind of makes it a coin toss type Game in my mind. Model says VCU minus 1.8. That's pretty close to toss up, gives them about a 55% chance of winning this. Getting three just makes a lot of sense. Here. There's a lot of ways that VCU wins this by two or three. You either win or push. I don't really know what happens. So give me the plus odds. Give me the money line. I'm on the dog here on this one. Totals 129. Models 129.5. Jake, I feel like both of us are thinking under, but 129 is just. Oh. It's just so low. Like at some point, remember we're playing teams and numbers, and you can't just if you if you just say this is an entertainment we go under and don't consider the number. Like you're gonna get bit too many times. That doesn't mean it doesn't go under 129. It's just I don't think it's worth the investment. There's way other better plays on the board. Uh, If we could get under like 133. Maybe I'm getting excited. 134, absolutely right. I think this game is in that upper 120s, low 130s. Um, but it's just the numbers too low to go under. So let's just grab the three points or the plus odds with Dayton because I don't know what's going to happen. This should just be a really good game. Who knows? Uh, Jake, what's your take?
1: Yeah, I'm mad that this game is tonight, not tomorrow or yesterday or something <laughs> like that because this game's just going to get outshined by the bigger yeah. names that are out there. Um, uh, but it should be a just absolutely <laughs> incredible game. Very, very tight. Um, Dayton has streaks where they're very, very good and then very bad at the same time. Like Beginning of the year they struggled, through the middle of the year they were really good and here it's like, I, I don't know which streak they're on right now, but um, they're, they've lost four of their last seven and three of those were on the road, but they were still kind of close. Uh, VCU's been playing fairly well all year, um, but turnovers are their biggest weakness and anytime that happens when you're turning the ball over as much as they are, it's very hard to just absolutely beat teams you might be able to win the game but it's very hard to beat teams by five six seven because it seems like they're always in the game because you're handling the ball Um, they do a great job of forcing turnovers to kind of balance that out but uh dayton does a decent job enough of holding on to the ball so that that way I don't think it's going to be such a big advantage for VCU here. I think this is going to be a very, very tight game. Um, VCU depends on the free throw line a lot. They get a lot of their points from there. Uh, very aggressive offense, but Dayton does a great job of not fouling. I think that's going to take some uh, bullets out of the out of the gun for VCU um, and keep this game really close. So I think Dayton plus three is a smart play here.
0: Yeah, the first time these two teams played, VCU won by a point and led for all of, I think, like 15 seconds. Dayton got out to a 15-point lead, really dominated the game, and then just kind of let off the gas in the second half and let VCU back in it. Um, it It should be just as competitive. I think in that game, my takeaway was that Dayton was at home, the better team, should have won handily, and now flipping it, I think, sets up just for a close contest. I don't really see... VCU won on the road the first time. Now they should win at home because I, I don't really think they should have won on the road. I think it was – I mean, it was like uh, – hats off for the comeback, but I think D- Dayton at home was the better team in that one, and now when you flip it, I think it's, again, a coin toss situation. Um, VCU also hit 40% from three in that game. And so if you're just looking at the results – and Dayton only hit 30%. So and, and Dayton doesn't really hit from three great. That's kind of about what they do. But VCU hitting 40% from three – right. It's a surprise. If they, if they do that again here tonight, they probably will win. But I'm not counting on that. We don't project that, like I said, at the top of the show, right? We're thinking about, on average, what's going to happen. Because if I go out there and I try to say, oh, well, I think this team's going to hit 60% from three, then I can make anything happen <laughs> in my predictions, right, if, if we say stuff like that. So uh, in general, though, it should be a tight contest. Uh, a little bit of a revenge game here for VC or for Dayton after um, that, that blown lead. should be a great game. Like you said, it's a shame that it might get overshadowed with all the other games happening. That's what we want to talk about here. This is a very good game. So something to keep at least a corner of your eye on. Also that 7 p.m. Eastern slot, North Carolina at Wake Forest, uh, yet another team coming off of a rivalry game. Of course, North Carolina didn't get the win. So they're maybe a little bit disappointed not coming to another team that Wake Forest views this probably as more of a rivalry than North Carolina does. So maybe a little bit of a bigger game for Wake Forest here. Uh, right now, it's a pickle, and I think that's pretty close to accurate. The model says that North Carolina wins on average by two tenths of a point within rounding errors, says this is a 50 50 game. I think that's pretty right. I mean, I think North Carolina's the better team, but on the road, I think Wake's got a shot. I have no idea who wins. Uh, instead, we're going to play under 154. I mentioned this. Uh, on Saturday, North Carolina has been more of an under team. Uh, Wake has as well as of late. Like, they do play fast, and have a great offense and, and a questionable defense, but they just haven't been doing quite the same level of scoring as they had previously. It's not that I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I just think 154 is too high. It's just such a big number. I think this game hangs around the 150s. Models is 152. So again, upper 140s, low 150s gets us the win. As long as we can avoid overtime or late fouls in what should be a tight contest, we got a good shot to win this under. Jake, tell us more.
1: Yeah, like this is, it's kind of counterintuitive because both these teams play at a quicker pace, but mm-hmm. um, I think the under is such a smart play here. North Carolina's offense not been playing that well. I mean, since conference play started, it's much closer to average than it is good. Uh, their defense, on the other hand, has really stepped up in conference. They're hitting just a amazing 29 and a half from three uh, and that's just not going to be anywhere near what we need to get to 154. Uh, they're barely 50 percent from inside the arc. They're getting to the line a lot and I hate to say this but Huber Davis went on after the Duke game complaining about officiating said he wasn't getting calls. I think that they're going to make sure he gets some calls this like this game to get them to the line a little bit more and North also Wake Forest not got the big guys that Duke had to block shots without swatting at the ball and things. So I think there's gonna be a lot more fouls, a lot more free throws, slower, chunky game. Um I think that's gonna to get to a lot more of the under under um plus like Wake Forest, they're just so guard dependent and I think that really plays into North Carolina's advantage. Uh they've Like, Appleby is a great player, but North Carolina's got several good guards that are very good defensively. Um, Leaky Black is a very, very good defender all over the floor. Um, Even the big guys from North Carolina are pretty athletic and guard outside, so there's not really a big advantage there. I think the advantage switches on the other end where Baycott and Nance can post up and get get their points. And any time you're playing through big guys like that where their advantage is, um, slower game. I mean, North Carolina is not doing great at picking out jump shots. They're ranking last in the ACC in effective field goal percentage, but I think that's going to change here because I think they're going to be shooting a lot closer to the bucket. Uh, I just – Wake Forest doesn't have the size. They're not – I think they have um, hit their high water mark earlier in the year and they're coming back down to normal. Love their coach. Just don't think he's got the talent this year. I think this game gets played in the 140s with the pace and everything.
0: Yeah, when you go back and you look at Wake Forest, they've really struggled to get into the 150s for the most part. The Notre Dame game, their defense actually played pretty well. Notre Dame didn't score hardly any in the most recent contest. Uh, Fell shy of 150 against Duke. Um, When you go back, of course, Virginia State a little bit under. You have to start going back a little bit further beyond that before you get up to the higher – scoring games they've had, and those have been against the teams that are really good offensively, like NC State, for example. And of course, that game got closer to 160, didn't even get to the 160. And I just think NC State's got a, a better offense offense. Um, more higher scoring team than North Carolina. So North Carolina has been, it's not that they've been like the lower scoring team ever. It's not that it's just the perception. We've been getting a little bit of value going under these North Carolina games because they've just been uh, just a tiny bit slower and a tiny bit less good offensively and a tiny bit better defensively than kind of the perception's been. And that's kind of kept them a little bit under. And so that, Sets up for, again, a high-scoring game that's in the upper 140s, maybe 150 or whatever, but 100, under 154. Um Just too high of a number there and some value going under. It sounds like, Jake, you like North Carolina. You think they can, they can get the road win? I,
1: I do. I think the matchup plays that way. Um But it's nothing I'm going to recommend or I'm going to even play. It's just if you're asking my opinion on who wins, I think North Carolina gets it. Okay. Yeah, it should, it should be a great contest. I'm really curious to
0: see. You've got uh, two teams. That, we're talking about a lot of this this time of year now that we're in February, right? Big games for getting into March Madness and or seeding, right? Wake's needing victories like this to build a resume and make the tournament. North Carolina is needing games like this to, to be, you know, what, a four seed instead of a nine seed or whatever, right? Like, depending on how the rest of the season goes out. These are the types of games that really matter towards March. It should be a fascinating contest here. Uh, last one at 7 p.m. Eastern, Auburn at Texas A&M. Uh, first time these two teams played uh, at Auburn, Texas A&M went on the road and destroyed Auburn. Auburn just could not hit from three. Um, Rematch game here, A&M is a a two-and-a-half point home favorite. Model says three. I don't really think there's a lot of value here, but honestly, I think three's a pretty good number. So this is one where I'm not recommending playing this way, but I kind of lean laying two-and-a-half and lean taking three and a half, just because if I can get a, an extra half point, I'd take it with Auburn. If I'm going a little bit less, i lay it with AM. I don't really love either one of those numbers. I think three is a pretty good number here. I think these two teams are about the same. They're also equally confusing. I never know what I'm going to get from either one of them. Like when I finally expect what I'm to do well, they don't. When I expect them to do bad, they do well. Like I don't really know. Auburn's had some pretty impressive road games as of late, uh, that Tennessee game where they hung in there had a great chance to win that one, couldn't quite get it done. Um, of course, but then, like I said, you look back to the last time t- these two teams played and they got embarrassed on their home court. So I don't really know. Instead, I like the under 140 and a half. I just think I like unders with a- any A&M game at this point with these numbers like this. 140 is the average number of points in a college basketball game. And I just don't see it with a I don't think that's what they want to do. I don't see how it gets there unless these two teams get hot from three. That's really the bottom line. Model says 137 and a half. Even that seems kind of high. I kind of think mid-130s, maybe even low-130s is where this game is played. I just don't know where the points come from. Uh, It has nothing to do with watching that auburn Tennessee game, although if you want to add that into your examples of why this game's going to struggle to get to 140, there you go. Just look back at that one. Uh, Jake, what do you think?
1: Yeah, like you've got two great defensive mind of coaches with Buzz and uh, Bruce here that are, but with teams that are built very similar. With you've got guards that are very streaky, to and a big guy that you want to run your offense through on both sides, and that's just going to slow the game down. Um, threes aren't something neither team can really depend on. Uh, and like I mean, I think Texas a hit several in that Auburn game, and Auburn couldn't hit anything. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you watch the Tennessee game, Auburn. I think they hit like three threes, and one, two of them were from like the logo, like the half court logo. Cause I don't know. Um, but it's just not like, uh, not a lot of offense going to happen here. I mean, they they're both, and I say that as both teams are good and both teams have very good big guys. I just think these teams are mirror images of each other almost with Texas a being slightly better. Um, and I mean, just from the offensive end, I think they've got a little more weapons with. Wendell Gre- Green and Johnson really not playing, having good years this year. Uh, and the free throw shooting—that this is where the game turns. To me, I think uh, Texas A&M is a much better free throw shooting team. I think both these teams are going to get the line about the same amount. Auburn is going to hit less than seventy, and I think Texas a and up close to seventy-five percent. That's two or three free throws could really change this game, and I think we're going to see one well under one forty. But I think Texas A&M wins a very tight one
0: yeah i you talk about the, some of those three-point numbers for auburn and, and that's really just the bottom line is it, it's not that they're a bad team it's just when you're playing slow you know or slower and you're not hitting threes it's, it's hard to get high up there they've got a pretty good defense um adams defense isn't as good but they just suck the air out of the ball it seems like and so it's like it just seems like a recipe for a really low scoring game if you're just looking at the efficiency metrics and some of the non-conference data i can see how you could paint a picture that this goes higher but i just haven't seen it from these two teams um I feel like, am I crazy? Wasn't Auburn a team last year that was, like, scoring 90 points every game? Like, w- scoring 40, I think it was 43 on Saturday? I, just, I Yeah. I feel like whiplash of what in the world yeah. happened for that team to this team. And it transferred. you guys. take out
1: and Jabari Smith out. And all of a sudden, those tiny guards that Bruce Pro loves to have run his offense are not as near as effective when you're not having to. Worry about seven footers cleaning up everything else.
0: Yeah, but I see you went to the transfer portal and guys going to the draft. It, it it this is kind of the reality now in college basketball. It, it, you know we're going to have to kind of start changing our. We talked about with the Mountain West a lot, right? How just everything's changed. It's just still a little bit of whiplash seeing those Auburn teams last year to see to see that performance, which I feel like was peak. Where Auburn is going, I don't think they're going to score forty three in every game. They're going to do better than that, right? But um, and they're, and they're going to allow more than forty six in most games, right? But it just seeing that is just kind of illustrates just how different this team looks than last year, and so it's just it's just jarring to me. But yeah, one hundred forty mm-hmm. half seems too much. Let's, let's go under that number. Uh, sticking in the SEC now to the nine PM Eastern time slot, I've got four games here to cover again, just to create Tuesday slate: Arkansas at Kentucky. <laughs> The line on this one is Kentucky minus three and a half model says 3.8. I want no part of this line. I have zero idea what's going to happen in this game. These two teams are super confusing in my opinion on how well they play on any given night. I like going over 140 and a half though, for one reason and one reason only is I think I figured Arkansas out and I think it is. They want to do what you don't want to do because we've seen them slow down fast teams and we've seen them speed up slow teams And so I'm playing that angle here. Models is 142 and a half. Kentucky's got a pretty good offense and a pretty – mediocre defense they play in lower scoring games because of their tempo and if Arkansas does what I suspect they'll do which is they want to I believe and I think they're a really great I think they're very well coached at this point want to make you uncomfortable how are you gonna make a Kentucky uncomfortable go fast 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 it's gonna get more possessions and more points so I like going over in this because I think that's gonna be their game plan based off what I've seen from Arkansas because if Arkansas wanted to play your game that Baylor game would have had 30 more points in it and I don't remember who they played after they played some slower uh, team after that with Florida and AM one of those teams yeah. and and that game went flying over so I I think Arkansas is just deciding We are going to do what you don't want to do. And that's smart coaching. If you can do that, not a lot of teams can do that. They don't have the ability to do that, right? They kind of have their thing. But Arkansas has really shown the ability to go one way or the other. And it's not about what you do. It's about the opposite of what you do. Kentucky wants to slow down. I think Arkansas speeds it up. Kentucky's got the offense to score in those games. So they're going to score because when you get more possessions, that offense is really good. I think both teams get into the 70s. I like over 140 and a half in this one. Jake, what do you got?
1: Yeah, Lee. Took a lot of notes. I had a <laughs> of compliment, muscle like most teams that lose the two of their star players, just like off a team that you're really dependent on, uh, would just almost not pack it in, but it's like n- not gonna it's be tricky. anywhere near. He's, he's figured out how to use the talent he has. Um, like you said, going opposite of what teams want to do, make them uncomfortable. They're still a very, very good defense. Um, Kentucky playing a lot better at at home um, especially in a lot better in conference right now um, they're hitting a better f- percentage of their free throws and their threes they're also getting the ball to the rim a lot more so they're taking better threes so their percentage is going up they finally early in the year they were settling for a lot of jump shots a lot of threes not working well together um, part of that is piece parting teams together like california yep. likes to do freshman transfers all that um they're finally it's like they're finally figuring out how to play um they're getting to the hole more topping seems to be playing better i mean Oscar Sheway is the reason they rebound the ball very well. Um, but, I mean, he's still a very big part. Not many – Arkansas really doesn't have the muscle to move him around. So I think a lot of – even when Kentucky does miss it, he's going to clean it up. and be a lot of extra points that way. I'm going
0: to say that's, that's quick points because now it's got the ball near the bucket and boom, quick points right there.
1: Yep. And, I mean, Arkansas will play faster because they don't want to give a chance. They want to keep him moving, don't want to give him a chance to end yeah. their possessions or anything like that. Ducky, as long and as athletic they are, they're not blocking a lot of shots. They end up fouling. Um, so I think Arkansas is going to take advantage of that. They've got a very tall and athletic um, couple of guards with Black and Council that are very, very good and can both go off at any point. Um, they can just be really nasty offensively. I mean, and over the last five games, both these teams are right around 70 points. Like, for, uh, with their average, I think Arkansas is a little bit below and Kentucky's a little above. So I think it's not going to be really hard to get to, like, 144 for these teams. or Like, even more than that, I think this game might have a lot faster pace than most people are expecting.
0: Yeah, and it's not really rocket science what we're talking about here about what Arkansas is doing. What the impressive part is, A, losing a couple of players and being able to do it and getting the kids to do that two different styles and kind of say, hey, to be comfortable doing that. That's the thing is a lot of times your team, you just, you can only practice so much and you're just not comfortable doing both styles. But I mean, it's not, like you said it's not rocket science. You want to go quick. You do not want, I and mean, we are playing a team that's got a big guy like that. It, we talk about with Purdue all the time, right? We talk about it. Um, Ohio state's got a couple, you know, big guys it, 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 pick a team, right? It's got a big guy like that. That's important. And you don't want to let him get set up because he's going to, uh, cause a little bit of havoc in the key. You want to get around that. And you don't want him set up because if you miss you, now you've got a chance for an offensive rebound. If you're doing it in transition, right? So you just want to go fast, fast, fast. And uh, it's like, I said, it's not rocket science. We all know that, but it's, it's hard to get your teams to do that. And he's done a great job of doing that out of late. And if that's the game plan, this game should fly over. Now, if they decide they want to play it slow, that's a different story, but I, I'm, I'm gambling literally on the game plan being do what they've been doing, which is make you uncomfortable take you out of your game. And that should lead to a higher scoring game in Kentucky. Also 9 p.m. Eastern, NC State at Virginia. Going to grab the seven and a half with the Wolfpack. Uh, this line just seems high. I, I, I think it, Virginia's the better team, but I'm just not sure by how much at this point. Also, Virginia playing so slow makes it harder to win by this much. Doesn't mean they can't. It just means that, you know, it kind of it's almost like I talked about with Virginia Tech and it didn't turn out, for them, but it did do exactly what I said, which was Virginia playing slow means when they're in a tough game, they're gonna hang around. Of course, the downside of that is when they aren't just massively better than the team, the other team's gonna hang around. It's just more likely for that to happen. And I kind of see that's what happened happens here. NC State, you know, has a really good offense. And th- even if Virginia slows it down, NC State should score enough to hang around. I don't know. Lose by five? Maybe. Maybe pull an upset. I don't know. It's just seven and a half. Just seems like a lot of points. We're going to grab that with the uh, Wolfpack here on the road. Total is 137. I would probably go under if I had to on this one. Uh, you just never quite know. The tempo discrepancy is so large that there's just a little bit of extra variability of it could kind of swing a little bit extreme one way or the other and that extra variability is just I don't really think it's worth it at 137 maybe if it got up a little bit higher uh, but I do think under 137 would be probably a smarter play than not just with NC State's tempo and how good these offenses are if this game landed at 140 I wouldn't be shocked so gonna pass in the total uh, grab the touchdown and hook with the wolf Jake what do you think
1: yeah, look, NC State caught me off guard this year. This I did not expect this out of them. They're a very good team. They're doing very well. Um, they've got a bona fide superstar in Smith, who is worth watching anytime he plays because he's a very, very good player. Um, I think it really just comes down to Virginia's pace and Virginia's defense. Like they have a hard time beating very good teams by. Like they could be completely dominated a game, and it's still six point game.
0: Yeah, so yeah. just
1: just to how they play, they could totally control everything, and I kind of expect them to, to really control this game, being at home, being the better, t- better team, and having the defense they play. Um, I, I think NC State is good enough offensively to hang with them from all the game. And I mean, they've got a chance to pull it off, but I just, I just don't think they've got enough secondary weapons to help uh, Smith get over that hump. But I think it stays close yeah. due to the fact that NC State's got a good offense. Virginia Virginia has a good offense, but they – want to take their sweet time and then they want to make somebody take 30 seconds on a shot clock. And I, I just think that's where this game stays close at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's just, like we always talk about with these big numbers, there's a lot of ways North Carolina State loses this game and we win the bet, right? So uh, getting, you know, seven, seven and a half, something like this just offers a lot of value. Uh, the, the last thing I want to say about this game, I watched that Virginia-Virginia Tech game, and I've been saying it all year. This Virginia defense is is one of the weaker defenses mm-hmm. I've seen from Virginia in the last decade. Probably the weakest. I don't know 100% on that. I don't want to, I hate going out on limb and saying things like that because then someone will be like, Oh, well, you're forgetting about the, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's not that good. Um, Relatively speaking, it's still good. It's just not what they've had. They've had these suffocating defenses and when they suck the air out of the ball and play defense like that you're like trying to get the 50 on them right and that's not this Virginia defense I saw Virginia Tech on Saturday get a lot of layups way more layups than you'd expect you know backdoor cuts and these types of just movement on the offense getting passing lanes and getting good short shots and that's how Virginia Tech won the game and That's just not what we're used to seeing from Virginia. And I'm not saying NC State can do that all game and get the win, but NC State's good enough offensively that if they're getting some of those good looks too, they're going to hang around. Like old school Virginia, I would say here, not letting up those looks still has a good chance to win this by double digits, but their defense just isn't quite good enough. And when they give up those looks, it doesn't take that many points with how few possessions Virginia wants. It doesn't take that many points from NC State to hang around. And that's where it's like just – Five or so extra free layups, and boom, that's going to get them the cover. So, uh, a lot of ways we can win there with North Carolina State grabbing the seven and a half. Also, 9 p.m. Eastern, Maryland at Michigan State's late tip time here. Late tip time for the previous one, too, both those uh, in Eastern time zone. Um, gonna grab the three and a half points with the Turtles. I don't know what happens in this game. I think Maryland's the better team, but Michigan State plays really well at home to me makes that a complete coin toss. Like I think this is another great spot to grab three and a half, grab the money line because anytime the better team is on the road and you're giving me more than a field goal, I think it's a great investment opportunity here. I mean, that's to me, that's the bottom line. Uh, I like what I've seen from Maryland for the most part here over the last, really ever since that Drubbing they took against Michigan. Um, ever since then, all of their losses are pretty respectable for the most part. It's like a tight road loss to Purdue or a tight road loss to Rutgers or something like that. They play pretty well. It's it's it, their their bad games aren't that bad, and their good games are pretty good. And that's a good sign here for a Michigan State team. That's. Just don't know when they've got it. They're kind of inconsistent. And so I just think there's a better chance we get good Maryland than a better chance we get good Michigan State. So like I said, give me the three and a half points on the road. Should be a tight contest. Money line, if you want to split your wager, I think also makes a lot of sense. Total is 132. Models is 130. So model would go under on this one. Uh, Both teams are going to play slow. And so uh, if I had to pick, I would definitely be going under a number like 132. But I just think the stronger play is Maryland in this one, whether it's points or money line. Jake, tell us more.
1: Yeah, like Michigan State really struggling right now at the moment. They've dropped three of the last four, five of the last seven in conference. Their offense just disappeared, They're ranking near the bottom and everything, but free throw percentage. Um, defense still really good, um, and that's just typical of Tom Izzo. They just don't like forcing turnovers, so the pace of the games are going to stay slow. Uh, they get caught up in being a jump shooting team, and that really surprised me from a Tom Izzo team, and there's yeah. no inside guy to go to, um, and that can really disappear at times. Like we see with Butler, it's all or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that, but so Michigan state's a much better version. Um, but you Fair. know, if they go cold and stretches, Maryland can really take advantage because Maryland has been playing very well. Like they did at the start of the year. Uh, they've won four in a row, five of their last six. And that one is a three point loss on the road to Purdue. Um, their and that and that
0: Indiana to... win looks a lot better too after what we saw on yeah. Saturday, right? That, and not just the Indiana yeah. win; like they they Indiana yeah. played really well for the first about ten minutes, and after that first ten minutes, Maryland just dominated that game. I mean, that looks even better now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, their offense has really shown back up. They're shooting better, They've got a good free throw shooting team. Um, they get to the line a good amount. They're they're just a very solid team. There's nothing there is going to like be very very impressive, but nothing that's going to disappoint you. They're just very very solid. Um, and I think. That's really gonna struggle with Michigan State because they can go they can zig and zag with whatever Michigan State tries to take away. Uh, I, I think that and their defense does a great job of making you take tough shots. They force a lot of threes, but they're not uh, like open threes. It's very contested at the end of the shot clock, stuff like that, where you don't want the three being taken. Um, that's what keeps their opponent three percentage down. Taking the points, smart play, money line is my play. That's what I'm playing.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Like uh, coin toss game, give me the plus odds. Um, this one also seems like a pretty high variance game. I think back to the NC State Virginia game. I think it's a pretty low variance game. Like I, I don't, I see it's the way Virginia plays. I think it's gonna be really hard for them to win by by more than ten, like 10, 11, maybe. Like that's like. It's be hard to do that. NC State winning is gonna seem really hard if they do, it's gotta be close. Like your 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 range of outcomes is like maybe 15 points or so. This game, we've seen it with Maryland, Michigan, right? Like if Maryland wins this game by 20, I'd be like, sure. You know, if you know Mer- Michigan State just like accidentally gets hot from three, wins this game by 10, I'd be like, sure, right? When you have a big range of possible outcomes like that, the money line kind of gets enticing too, because you're like, Again, I have no idea what's gonna happen. It's no what no different than a roulette wheel. If you could go up to a roulette wheel and I could Bet on red or black, but you gave me like plus one thirty. I'd say I have no idea what's gonna happen, but I love taking plus one thirty or plus one fifty or whatever. Problem is you don't get that, right? You get minus odds on that. So it's a it's a different story. In a game like this, don't know what's gonna happen. Plus odd just makes a lot of sense. It's like we talk about baseball all the time as well. Get those coin toss games at plus odds, it's gonna build your bankroll with a long time long term. That makes sense here. Again, we always just take points here. Uh so it's our official pick here, just to kind of keep to that 50-50-ish type setup. about points, money line, either one makes a lot of sense. So far, we've covered eight games. We've taken five underdogs, but we do sometimes take favorites around here. This one's going to be one of those, 9 p.m. <laughs> Eastern TCU at Kansas State. We're going to lay the three with the home Wildcats. Um, I I, lo- I love both these teams. Bottom line, though, TCU just is not themselves right now with the injuries. And they played great in that comeback attempt here on Saturday. That was inspiring to see. But, um, I, you know, I'm not, we talked about Texas yesterday, the Texas Kansas State game. I, I'm just, I'm not taking too much from that second half. I liked what I saw from Kansas State in that first half. I still think they're a really good team. I think they're a really tough team to beat at home. I don't know what that second half was about. Kind of, it's a little bit of a tip of the cap to Texas. It's a little bit of a shame on you, Kansas State, for for letting off the gas. Um, you know, bad half, I'm not really sure. I just think TCU, when healthy, I think is just as good as the Longhorns are. At this point, though, you know, last game Lampkin and miles didn't go kind of have to keep assuming that's going to be the way it goes. Right. I haven't heard anything officially different. They're going to, you know, until we know more slash we're getting to the point now where even when those guys come back, that first game back is not going to be great because they've missed so much time. It's not like, you know, you miss one game, you come back, like nothing ever happened. You're getting to the point where that first game, you might not be hundred percent, you know, might not play full minutes, etc. So that's just such a big factor in this Kansas state minus three implies these two teams are about the same. And, Fully healthy TCU I would say I agree with that right now with this TCU team as much as I love them when they're healthy they're just not as good without those two key guys I don't think that's rocket science so I'm gonna light the three with the Wildcats total is 147 and a half models is 144.3 actually would probably go under in this with what we've seen from TCU as of late we saw Kansas State play a much more physical game in that last game against against the Longhorns again you know, I talked about the big 12 refs being much less whistle-happy and, and letting players get physical, and that just creates a little bit more of a defensive style of game in that just So I probably would go under. I don't like going under because I just love these offenses and the tempo that these two teams can play with. I don't love going under, but if I had to, 147.5 seems a little bit too high, so I'd probably lean under, but my favorite play here, Kansas State, minus three. Jake, tell us more.
1: Yeah, like this game should have been a lot better. Uh, TCU, the injuries just absolutely – took their heart. Uh, Lampkin uh, being both not playing and then Miles being out. Like They've lost since he went down. He's the key piece. right? Their offense has really dropped off. Everything's really dropped off since he went down. They lost two of the three and it took an incredible effort to beat West Virginia at home yeah. uh, for that. I don't think they're nowhere near now, Texas offensive level, without him or either guy, really. And yeah. You're not going to see that second half again. Dixon's a great coach, but he he's not got a lot to work with without those two guys, especially on a short notice. Trying to uh, trying to find practice time. Anytime you lose two guys like that, it's hard to even practice because you're short on guys to practice with. Um, I don't think he's going to force them back because I mean they're in the tournament. They're they're not going to rush back. They're going to make sure they're all the way healthy because I don't think t- TCU might care a lot about the Big Twelve, but I think they're more worried about March Madness. So they're going to make sure those guys are healthy. Not going to rush them back.
0: Well, I think, I think they would, but I think you also have to look at what an uphill battle it is, right? If they were like, yeah. you know, won, won one game and we're in first place or whatever, I think it's a little bit different of a story of like, what are you going to do? try to rush these guys back? And the probability that they win, given the log jam up there at the top of the conference, and given the fact that they're not, that they've got to pass a bunch of teams and keep other teams from passing, just the chaos of that it seems like the probability of them getting that is so low. It just doesn't seem like it's worth the effort when you might jeopardize your chances in winning a conference tournament in March and making a deep run in March Madness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And with both teams it makes, should be a fun game because both teams play fast, but I just don't trust TCU's offense enough to play the over. So I'd lean under also, but I really like Kansas state minus three, get back on track here and win this by handful of points. Yeah. like, Like we talked about either, I guess last, uh,
0: uh, last year with the Big 12, right? The TCU sitting at six and four, tied with Baylor in Kansas and Kansas State. A game behind Iowa State and two behind Texas. So it's like there's just they've already lost at Texas, right? So it's like there's just too much to overcome for them to think they could reasonably win the title. So it's not worth uh, stressing over that. Uh, if the guys come back, that's great. But like I said, I just at this point we kind of have to assume they're not because we, you know, if it's nothing and they come back quickly, that's one thing. But that's if it's a oh they might come back and they don't. Oh they might come back and they don't. Oh they, you just better start assuming they're not until until we see it um and so because of that that makes kansas state minus three a great investment otherwise if those guys are fully healthy this should be a like you said a much better game much more fantastic contest i think minus three is a great line but I, I, without without a full strength tcu i just have to be on the wildcats uh and we're going to cover a light one for you here 10 30 p.m eastern nevada at new mexico um i swear with these mountain west teams it's like the same four teams we just keep shuffling around with each other but they are a lot of fun to watch if you're staying up and watching them here we're going to lay the three and a half with the lobos uh, bottom line, both these teams have been pretty good to us. We've backed Nevada 15 times this year, gone 12 and 3. Uh, backed New Mexico 20 times, gone 13 and 7. That's both profitable teams. They've both been um, good, fun. They both have great offenses. I mean, nothing but good things to say about both these teams. One of them will cover. I wish this number was three. I really wish it was two. If I could lay two, I mean, I'm just in heaven, but at two <laughs> minus 110, probably never going to happen. I'd settle for minus three. Still going to lay the three and a half as the official recommendation here. But uh, again, shop around I I don't know where the number's going to go. We're, we're well over 24 hours away from tip. If, you, if it gets down, you can find a three. That's the number really I like locking in here. Feels like a situation with some of these Mountain West teams between Utah State, New Mexico, Nevada, Boise State. I'm probably missing somebody out of San Diego State where it's like on average, they're all really good. And I think the home team kind of just wins them all. And that doesn't exactly happen. The road team will get an upset somewhere in there, but it's one of those where just in general, I'm back in the home teams. The travel's tough. The home court edges are mostly pretty large because it's usually at altitude or a long distance kind of thing. I think if this is in Nevada, I'm picking Nevada. If it's in New Mexico, I'm picking New Mexico. It's basically just I'm going with the home team here. Um, As long as it's a short number like this, again, I'm okay laying three and a half or four. Would not go above four. Would really like three. Uh, But at three and a half, I'm still in the Lobos. I love both these teams, but I'm just going with the home team. That simple. Uh, Total is 149 and a half. We've been riding a lot of these Mountain West overs. They've been profitable. I think the the number – I think the number's catching up. I think the number's catch up. It was a fun ride, and I'm not going to be on it for this one. If you want to continue to play these overs, go for it. It's just a little bit too much for me. Nevada plays a little bit slower than most of the teams in the Mountain West, so I'm not as excited to go over a number like this, as good as the Mountain West overs have been to us. Instead, just going to focus on backing the Lobos here in the late-night game. Jake, what do you think?
1: Yeah, like first time around, Classic game, probably one of the better mm. games of the year. Ended on a just terrible referee sequence. Classic game, terrible ending, and double yeah. overtime. <laughs> yeah, right. it was just bad. Um, Mexico got caught off guard a little bit with Utah State. Don't put too much mind to that. Yeah. Uh, they are they – I don't think they might be the better team. It's very debatable, but at home they definitely are. Uh, like Their offense should get go a tick up you got three guys like Mashburn and Howes in their days that are very, very good, very hard to stop all three of them. Uh, Nevada's got three good guards that play slow. I think they're going to get caught up in wanting to play at the pace that New Mexico likes to play because it's just hard not to when you see them going that fast. Also, Nevada needs a lot, like depends on the free throw line. They're a very good free throw shooting team. They hit nearly 80%, but they depend on that. don't think they're going to get to the line enough here. Um, they've got the guards to, to do it, but I just don't think they're going to get there enough. Um, they struggle to rebound the ball, especially the offensive half. That New Mexico is going to take advantage of that. Uh, it's going to be really hard for them to keep this under four points. I think this is definitely like under ten point game, but I think it's between five and like seven is where New Mexico wins. So four is probably the limit I would play it at. Would really love to have three, but three and a half I'm okay with.
0: Yeah, and that, like I so said, that Utah State game there on uh, Wednesday where they lost.
1: Like I so said, it's the road game, right?
0: And a lot of this is – it's not every – every team's lost home games, right? So it's, it doesn't hold every single time. It's just one of those, like, more times than not, like, these teams play a lot better at home. It, it happens – uh, you know, less so in some of these smaller conferences. When you get those small conferences and in the, in the Carolinas, right, where it's all just like really short travel, you know, your small conference up in the Northeast where it's short travel, smaller crowds, it's a little bit different. But when you talk about Pac-12, Mountain West, you know, Big 12, Big 10, you know, Big East for most of the teams, right? You just got, you got some decent travel uh, distances and you got some good home crowds uh, and or altitude out here on some of the West uh, West Coast ones. And that just makes the, teams at home just have such a big advantage that it's not so much that they will always win, they will always cover. It's just when a team like Mexico goes on the road to Utah State and loses like that, I just don't take much stock into it. I'm like, yeah, it's tough to win on the road. We missed that one. But coming back home, I think it's a great spot to back home here against Nevada.
1: Yeah, I mean, Utah State got hot in that first half, uh, too, in that game and really stretched the lead out there. And New Mexico fought back, made it a game, had had a couple chances to really continue runs on and get it close but just ran out of gas Utah State had a little too much in the first half
0: yep all righty that is everything we've got for you today Jake any parting words for the viewer
1: no this was like conference tournament time with like all these big name matchups happening at the same time like at the same times this, this is where multiple TVs and things like that are very useful
0: yeah it's going to be a great night of action all right well thanks for tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided in this channel shop right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting tips. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.